Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Uh, it's been a while since I've reviewed a movie, and uh, I just wanted to talk about Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, I suppose I haven't really done any reviews of Marvel movies because uh, they've just all been a bit flat and lackluster for me, and I feel like uh, Marvel's in a bit of trouble for uh, not sticking to um, the important parts. And no, I don't mean pandering to fans. I mean worrying about uh, story, developing characters, uh, actors, and uh, just making a movie. And um, sure, if they're movies that have an origin and there's a legacy to it and they're based on comics and characters that that fans have already you know fallen in love with and and they're going to follow you as long as you do justice to the character, then yeah, I say fan service as well. And that just means, well, more like um, justice to the character, doing the character justice. Uh, beyond that, I think, you know, Disney in general is, uh, is killing Star Wars and, and, and all the IPs and everything that they bought and everything they, they're touching that... Uh, they thought they would uh, take on and, and become the empire. And uh, they're the empire, all right. They're the evil empire. Um, you know, I, I think they really are taking movies and they're, they're and not so subtly, openly, um, putting in political messages and agendas and narratives that, uh, you know, sure, they've been part of movies and part of uh, pop culture and literature and, and, and humanity since the beginning of time. But at least try to slip it in uh, uh, subtly, you know, uh, be a bit more subdued and actually maybe try to work it into the point of the story or the actual character that you're writing. Uh, don't just try to change a character because, you know, because plot says so, because narrative says so, because we have to put out the message, whatever that message is, whether it's somebody's race, religion, gender, something that you're putting on the character because you feel like you have to do it to tick a box. All I'm saying is in the end, you know, art is going to suffer and actual true stories about humanity in general. You know, you know what group we're part of? <laughs> we're all part of the same group. We're all humans. And every human on earth, no matter what their background, no matter who they are, they are unique and individual and they all have a story. And uh, yeah, I'm just saying, I had to put that out there first because I think everyone knows uh, that Disney and especially Marvel you watch a movie and when you you're seeing a normal scene between two people and then a subject comes up that just feels forced and you, you, you think to yourself, that's so odd and it, it feels cringy. Um, uh, that's a normal feeling. Uh, that's a natural feeling to something that, that doesn't fit. Uh, you know, which one of these things doesn't belong that, and if it's actually part of the character and part of the background of the story and it develops the character and maybe it's, part of um you know the the character arc something that they're they're learning and, and building on then that's wonderful nobody nobody notices because it is natural it's the natural evolution of a, a human character in a movie or any character um so anyway that out of the way guardians of the galaxy you know what i think it's uh, getting a lot of flack and uh i i liked it i didn't go into it expect anything I, I w went into it expecting, again, another sort of Marvel movie 
and pretty much every Marvel movie after Endgame and uh, all the, the crap on TV, all the crap on, on Disney+. Plus. I'm sorry. I think the writing's on the wall. Everyone can see that they have lost you know, millions of subscribers. They have had so many layoffs at Disney. They are losing money hand over fist. And again, that's when, when your end game, so to speak, um, should be about the product. And there's a lot of facets there. Yeah, sure, it's about money. You have to at least make it back. Money is big business. Uh, it takes, uh, you know, a, a whole town to make a movie now. Uh, the benchmark is no longer making millions. It's making a billion because the movie probably cost $800 million before you're talking about marketing and all the rest. So you, if you actually want to make a little bit of a profit, uh, how, how bad is that, that a billion dollars is now the mark to hit? So yeah, in general, money is part of it because you do have to make that back. There are investors. Movies are investments. Uh, it's always been like that. And, um, and yeah, part of it is um, the fans, especially with these stories, especially with these characters coming from comics. Uh, they have longtime fans who have been uh, reading these comics. And uh, yeah, you have to say, you have to stay truthful to that at least. And in, in general, so I went into this with very low expectations. And you know what? I liked it. The, I'm not going to give any spoilers. This is a, a, just a non-spoiler review. I liked it because I went into it as a, a normie, so to speak, as in I'm not a huge... Uh, hardcore Guardians of the Galaxy comic book fan. Uh, I didn't uh, uh, have them growing up. I wasn't in, in, into that. And again, for Marvel, it really is one of the more obscure groups of characters that actually, you know, they did a good job developing. I'm, I will never talk about the the f- phase one. You know, the first uh, 10 years, they really did an amazing job bringing out characters that were sort of like, not to be mean, the B characters, you know? There's the Spider-Mans, there's the Batmans, there's the characters you know uh, in DC and Marvel, and then even Iron Man. Iron Man is, is you know, uh, a household word now, but it wasn't before. Iron Man wasn't massive. Um, it was all about Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, these main characters that have been developed um, for decades. They took all these side characters, Black Widow, they took these characters, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Groot, uh, ra- you know, Rocket Raccoon. Uh, these were not household names. And now they are. So good on them, first of all, for even developing Guardians of the Gal- Galaxy like they did. And um, certainly props for James Gunn for being a pivotal part of this. And James Gunn really did bring the first two uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movies um, to life and did a really good job. Wherever you, 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 know, you stand on which one you think is better, uh, one or two or whatever, or when you see three, whatever you think. I'm just saying in general, I feel like people are being a little bit too harsh. I think they're really nitpicking at this when frankly, you know what? Considering the garbage we've been getting, this is the best of the garbage. All right, that's a low bar. I get it. But uh, they're the ones that set the bar pretty low. So that's where we're at. Um, it's the best of the worst. Um, but you know, overall... I liked it, and I'm going to say it right right up front because that's what people do now in reviews. No, it wasn't woke. Uh, if you're into woke, then go watch woke movies. Make woke movies yourself. Go for it. Go nuts. But I think like anything in life, there should be a balance. Not everything can be extreme. It can. Everything in life is a balance. We all have to find that. I think if you're on the extreme, any, any sort of spectrum, whether you call it the left or the right or whatever extreme you're on, I think you should calm down and find some zen and you should find some balance down the middle of the road. You'll be happier. 
And that goes for movies as well, especially when you're trying to appeal to a wide audience. And that comes all the way back around to, again, yeah, the money part. Everyone's got to get paid. All the carpenters, all the electricians, not just the director and the actors, the caterers, so many people, all the special effects. Oh, my God, the special effects and visual effects, that takes up 20 minutes of the credits nowadays. So just in general, you've got to make your money back to pay all these people off. So, yeah, you should aim for a wider audience. If you have a very narrow view and, dare I say, a very narrow political view and you're trying to reach just a a small margin of a political view, well, you've now just turned your back on the rest of the audience. Why would you do that? I still don't get that. I don't want to go into that too much because that's that's another podcast which I've talked about before in general uh, with my friends when we talk about movies. Uh, if you're trying to just say, oh, it's not for you. We're not going, it's not for that type of audience. Uh, we're not going um, for your, your demographic. Well, then you'll only get that small one and, and that's all you'll get. So you better start to make more art house movies. You better get out of the business of, of big Hollywood movies and you better get into the business of small, quirky art house documentaries shot on your phone and then you'll be awesome. And then maybe once you graduate to the big time, you can start to slip in those ideals that you're passionate about. Nothing wrong with that, but you still have to try to at least appeal to a wider audience if you're trying to make your money back. And Guardians of the Galaxy, look, I think it does that. Uh, sure, there's <laughs> there's problems. Uh, uh, there's a lot of plot holes. There's a lot of characters that probably didn't get developed because you got you've got a lot of characters going on here. Um, Chris Pratt as Star Lord, I think he was great. Did he get as much of a d- development as a character in this movie as the others? No, probably not. And this isn't a spoiler, but I'm sure you'll see from the trailers and you've you've heard if you haven't seen it by now. Uh, the movie does sort of revolve around Rocket. And, uh, you know, that's a character, by the way. Um, you know, Bradley Cooper doing the voice. I thought it was a, a great character, but not one I was really focused on. I think everyone is probably focused on the, the main characters and, and uh, uh, Star-Lord and, and Dave Bautista. Um, and, uh, and it seems like from James Gunn, and again, this is his passion. He's passionate about bringing these characters to life. From from what we've what he said is essentially you know, the central character really always was um, Rocket, and it was always leading to this with this uh, third installment and the story about his origins, and um, again, n- no spoilers, but again, I'm sure you've heard and you would have seen glimpses of it in the other movies. Um, Rocket's origins are obviously something that he's <laughs> distressed over and it's probably pretty brutal again as you've seen he is a raccoon and obviously you know you see the the things on his body and the and the alterations and the microchips and obviously there was a a lot of uh, frankenstein exper- experimentation going on here to create um who we now know as as rocket raccoon a uh, a brilliant scientific brain and uh, talking uh, raccoon. Uh, that should be your first indication that something's a bit amiss with his, with his past. So yes, we find out more about this in this movie and the origins origins of that. Look for a Marvel movie; it, it gets quite dark, um, and actually it gets quite emotional and and uh, tugs at the heartstrings. I never thought I'd get <laughs> emotional over a. A CGI character, but uh, I'm I'm going to tell you without giving you huge spoilers. When you go and see this, um, 
you'd have to be a, a, a sociopath uh, not to um, to be affected by some of the scenes uh, revolving uh, around Rocket. Um, I'll just throw this out. Rocket and his friends, they have affected me. His his friend Lila, Teefs, and Floor. That's all I'm going to say. I'll leave it there. And uh, yeah, it um, it made me sad and happy all, all at the same time. Um, so yeah, the, the story revolves around Rocket and then um, the Guardians of the, of the Galaxy um, going to save him. Uh, look, there's a lot going on. I think someone mentioned about runtime. You know, when, when movies are starting to creep up on the three-hour mark lately, that seems to be the norm nowadays. I guess I think to myself in one aspect, because I'm getting older, I have to monitor uh, my soda levels because this can be pivotal, especially when usually around the last half hour, I'm starting to feel the urge that, uh, oh God, I have to get up. When should I do it? Should I do it now? Uh, am I going to miss something? Do I deal with the pain? Do I man up and just live with it uh, again? You don't have to worry about that. You get older if you're uh, if you're in your twenties and or you're a teenager, you're fine. Drink drink the big gulp. But as you get older, runtime becomes a factor for lots of reasons. But besides that, besides having to get up and take a piss, <laughs> um, if it's a movie I like and it's characters I like, I'll be honest. I'm I'm going against the grain here, and I'm going against even some of the YouTubers I listen to, and I really trust their opinions. I'm not going to knock the runtime. Yeah, yeah, okay. The movie could have been tightened up. You could have taken off a bit in here. Some of the some of the scenes were a bit bloated and and you know, they try to go for the Marvel jokes. Yeah, I get it. They're trying to go for a laugh and maybe they uh they uh they're beating a dead horse with some of the jokes, but you know what? I've paid my money. It's a day out. I've got my popcorn. Uh I can see some of my favorite characters on the big screen and you know, good Marvel movies are few and far between. I'm not going to complain about the runtime. It's as simple as that. So if you don't want to go see a big Marvel movie, then wait for it to come out on streaming and watch it at home. Um, but otherwise, I say go see it, 100%. Whether you're a huge, a huge fan or not, go see it because, again, Marvel movies aren't going in the right direction, folks. And this is James Gunn. Um, he's now moved to D- DC, folks, and he's going to start developing that universe. So Marvel has lost him. So this is his, his coup de grace for, uh, for Guardians of the Galaxy. So I say more power to him. Uh, he did write and direct this. Yes, sometimes when you, you give that power to the director, like uh, Taika Waititi and uh, um, uh, um, Thor, Love and Thunder, yeah, sometimes it can go wrong because I think it is always a good balance to have the director and a, and a different writer and a team to sit down at the table and get the right balance. When you have the director who's already possibly a big sort of, maybe there's a, an ego going on there and they're also the writer. Yeah. They take it and run with it because who's going to stop them. Um, and you, that probably did happen here a bit, but again, so I'm going to go against the grain and the people who are knocking that uh, James Gunn, he wrote and directed. So he just, you know, he put too much into it. And uh, you let him have free reign. This is, what, this is what happens. I will say this. It's obvious in the scenes that he did write and the interactions between the characters, James Gunn loves these characters. And again, I guess, I don't know, maybe I'm just getting old or I'm getting soft in my critiques about movies. Uh, I say, why not? It's obvious that he wrote it from the heart. And so the third act here, 
yeah, maybe it's a bit long. Maybe not every character got developed. Maybe there's too much going on packed into one movie. But uh, as in all three movies now as a trilogy, I think it's an amazing accomplishment. And the third one had the most heart. So I'll give it that from the writing point of view. Um, again, every movie gets critiqued. That's, that's, that's life. Uh, if it is a piece of art, which it is, uh, art gets critiqued, critiqued too by high art critics. So movies get critiqued by the fans. But I think a lot of the fan, movie fans in general will like this. So if you're not a huge Guardians of the Galaxy, you're not going to nitpick about the comic like, oh, oh, that's not the right origin of Rocket or the, the introduction of this character is completely wrong. If you're that, yeah, you're going to pick stuff apart and you're probably going to get annoyed. But if you're just a normal Marvel fan and you enjoy the movies, go see it because I'd say this was probably the best one uh, since Spider-Man. And Spider-Man was good because it was also partly a Sony production, and that's different. There's different people involved here outside of Disney, and they have power and sway over the final product, and I think that helped um, the last Spider-Man movie. And, uh, you know, uh, who didn't love seeing uh, the old Spider-Mans and Tobey Maguire, the OG, come through the portal? So, yeah, there was some fan service in that, and um, there might be some fan service in this, but um, overall... Uh, I, I was happy with it, and I think it was good. I think it's one of the last Marvel movies that anyone cares about. Sorry, as well. I'm going to say it. It's literally just one of the the last movies that actually had tie-ins to the original, you know, phase one and two or whatever of the, of the 10 years, you know. And I think, now here's the other problem. As of right now, as of this podcast, the uh, opening weekend uh, did not uh, go gangbusters like they wanted, so they're a bit worried. I I think the word will get out that that there are some some you know emotional moments in here and it was uh respectful to the characters and it was a good send-off i think people will will, will go and they'll have a, a great sort of second weekend um but as far as the opening weekend no it probably wouldn't have been as big as it was in the past because in the past the guardians of the galaxy's movies had specific tie-ins to all the other movies that were leading up to endgame okay it's obviously that was again it was the most brilliant plan the first 10 years all the movies, Thor and Iron Man and all the movies were woven together. So we went to see them because there were going to be scenes and there were going to be plot points that happened in the movie all leading up to Thanos and, and the big end movies. So that's different. So Guardians was probably riding that wave, I'll be honest. And now they're not. They're not because people are like, some people are probably like, what, Guardians? Is that still a thing? I thought that was over. And that's sad. They should remember that a lot of people are just done. A lot of fans are done with it. So why would they revisit and go back and go, oh, Guardians, ah, I don't know, I'm over it. I'm, I've moved on to the next thing. So that's their problem as far as a huge opening weekend. That's not going to happen now because for a lot of Marvel fans, that world is over with. And we've got a bad taste in our mouth from Disney trying to shove all this other crap down our throats that we don't want. Um, but yeah, so o overall, uh, obviously Rocket, the, the background um, really gets a, a, a thorough plot point and it's a very centralized plot. And so the other characters, yeah, they do seem to fall by the wayside a bit. Yeah, I'll be honest if I'm going to be picky about that. Um, you know, um, Star-Lord and, and, and Gamora and, and, uh, and the others don't get uh, uh, as much of a, a full character arc. But, you know, maybe they got that in, in, in the last movies. But, uh, yeah, look, uh, I think it was fine. I think it was well worth watching. 
and uh, and you know why why not why not give it a chance because uh, again it is it is James Gunn who really put a lot into uh, caring about these characters and it does come out in, in the movie and um, yeah that's that's all I really wanted to say really I just wanted to get it out there that uh, that I think um, a lot of the the sort of the fan critics who are on YouTube who again I I follow a lot of them. Um, they're really being a lot more harsh than I thought and more harsh than I am at this moment. Uh, I try to avoid that. If I go into a movie, I try to avoid looking at uh, too many reviews beforehand because I think it, it, it sours um, uh, you having an open mind. And that happens a lot these days. I will say to you my word of advice for anyone, if you really want to enjoy a movie or you're on the fence about it and you're not sure, don't don't go reading reviews don't start listening to everybody. You really need to make up your own mind. And I think every movie deserves that. Uh, if you think to yourself, oh, they don't deserve my hard-earned money if I paid for it and it was crap. You know, I, I hate to sound like the old guy. I hate to sound like the, the Gen Xer, but in the 80s and 90s, that's how it worked, folks. Uh, yeah, you took a shot. Uh, you, um, you would go to the movies, not expect anything. Um, all we got were trailers, maybe a magazine write-up, uh, and then word of mouth, but sl- slowly, okay? There wasn't the internet. It was actually, you know, you had to catch up with your friends. You had to go outside, get on your bike, and go to your friend's house. Imagine that, and actually talk about the movie. Uh, and who wanted to do that? I mean, no, I'm kidding. Um, obviously, we all did. You all need to get out of the house, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, so I think, uh, in general... Um, don't, don't get caught up in, uh, in reviews and don't watch videos, try to avoid spoilers and then just go, um, go judge for yourself. Uh, I think this one is one of the last Marvel movies that's worth it until they prove otherwise. And they're going to have to work hard to prove otherwise. Cause I do think if this one doesn't do as much as they thought, look, they'll probably make their money back and they'll probably make a profit. But if it doesn't, you know, go to the extent that they thought they really need to sit down and have a think. Although I've said this before, everyone has said this before for the past five years at least, and and they haven't changed course yet. Isn't that weird? I just don't know what they're doing at Disney. Um, they're sticking to their guns, trying to, like I say, interject all these messages, these political messages and and uh, narratives, and try to just you know make these movies so divisive when it's really just a product of entertainment. Get over it, okay, Hollywood. Get over yourselves, Hollywood. Your job is to entertain us, so just do that. Um, and, and dare I say, the one, the last actual Hollywood star, an actual actual Hollywood star, uh, you know, would be Tom Cruise, because whatever his personal beliefs, I mean, he's a Scientologist for God's sake. I couldn't give a crap. I don't care what his religion is. He's not trying to sell it to me. You never see him even going on and trying to sell it to anyone. Matter of fact, he doesn't try to sell it in his movies. He doesn't say at the end, and by the way, Scientology got me here. Check it out, folks. No. He knows that those are separate worlds and that he lives his own life as much as he can. You know, It's hard for Tom Cruise to stay out of the limelight. I'm sure everything he does gets scrutinized. But when it comes to making a movie, he knows his job is to entertain everyone in that theater around the world. And you know what? He does it. He did it with Top Gun Maverick, and I think that was amazing considering, you know, that was a, a, a movie 30 years in the making. How hard is that, I think, to bring back that movie to life? Uh, 
And he did it. And whether you want to say he just again pandered to fans or not, I don't give a crap. <laughs> I liked that movie. It was entertaining. He did a good job. And he was respectful to the original movie and the product. And he even brought in some new twists and, and, dare I say, made it for a new audience. And you know what? Someone else could take the reins and probably make another one. I don't want them to, but it is possible. That's what he does. And I'll definitely do a review of that and the upcoming Mission Impossible movie because I tell you what, Mission Impossible is his next. It's going to be huge. It is going to be huge because, again, if you know Tom Cruise and he brought it with Top Gun, I think Mission Impossible uh, is going to be amazing and because he's going to bring it again. He's going to bring all he, that he has. Uh, and no, not just stunts, but yeah, he does that too. He actually puts his his physical, you know, health on the line for all of you folks. So that's Tom Cruise, you know, putting it all on the line for you. Um, uh, and before I go, another quick one, Mission Impossible is probably going to go up against Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, another one which I'll definitely do a podcast about because... I have I have low hopes for that one, very low. Oh man, that one I don't care. You can look it up, and you should. They have had so many reshoots, and and the money, it has gone so over budget. It will end up being Disney's most expensive movie. Yes, most expensive movie, just because of reshoots. It's not easy to bring back in A-listers like Harrison Ford and say, oh yeah, just pop in for another week, and and we'll do all these all these reshoots. And the reshoots are specifically because the test audiences despised it so much. But yet they kept pushing. They kept trying to push it. You know, the whole Phoebe Waller-Bridge, which originally, and this isn't a spoiler, you can look it up. The original plan of the movie, the the character that uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge plays, um, um, plays his niece or something or, or whatever, she was literally going to go back in time. And Indiana Jones was going to die. This is 100% true. And she was pretty much going to pick up the hat and she was going to become Indiana Jones from the past, as in erasing Indiana Jones. What in there? Anyone's right mind would think that that is something you should do to such an iconic pop culture fan around the entire world. I'm sorry. Not only synonymous with Harrison Ford, but Indiana Jones, the character himself. Again, that's a typical Disney thing. You've got to erase, you've got to erase masculinity erase the the, the the patriarch and it has to be destroyed. So again, <laughs> uh, Mission Impossible, because of the delays, because there's been so many delays, Indiana Jones is probably going to come out around the same time. And you know what? Mission Impossible is going to destroy it. Anyway, I'll talk about that one later. And uh, I hope you enjoyed this and uh, we'll catch you later. All right. Thanks.